Alright, alright. Welcome back to the Pursuing Purpose podcast. It is so good to be back. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Welcome. If you're listening, I freaking love you. And I know for a fact, if you're listening, you must be a real one. Um, because I don't, I don't promote this podcast too much and I don't, um, I don't invest in like, I wish, I really wish I could invest in this podcast more because I know it's, um, I don't know. It's been really cool. It's been really fun on my end. I, I originally started this podcast so I can learn how to talk and share my story and share my ideas and share my thoughts. Um, and so for me personally, when I launched it, it was very intimate. It had a theme, obviously, like pursuing purpose. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to have a podcast where I talk about different things and interview certain people about purpose. Um, but in reality, it was really just um, the great. The greatest thing about it was there was no expectations because I went into it for me to learn about me <laughs> and so I can learn how I talk and how to talk and how to share my ideas. Um, before my podcast and my IGTV, I got really overwhelmed a lot because I had so many ideas and thoughts going through my head and a million things I wanted to share. And journaling helped a little bit, but man, I just was like thinking of ideas and thoughts all the time. And the podcast has been just like, I mean, I have more podcasts of me just rambling for 30 minutes than interview people. <laughs> so well, maybe it's half and half. Actually, I don't know. But it seems like the ones where it's just me kind of rambling for 30 minutes have been kind of like relatable. And my dream for these podcasts, I say this every time, but is for it to feel like we're having a cup of coffee uh, or a Tenzo tea together, like a tea, a matcha, and uh, make it really intimate where I'm not like, you know, there's not tons of ads. There's not tons of me just trying to inspire you and drop these one-liners it's it's really just like yo let's grab coffee let's hang out let's talk about life the shittiest part excuse my language the shittiest part <laughs> i say it again but anyway the crappiest part about this is you can't talk back for now uh, until we meet and actually hang out and have coffee but hopefully it'll give you a 30 minute um, window to just chill and relax and if you know me if you've ever met me i'm i'm usually the one asking all the questions and listening so this podcast is really awkward for me in the first place because I'm talking for 30 minutes, but people relate to it and I've hit 50,000 plays and I've only have like, I don't know, 12 or 13 or so episodes. And so I'm going to keep busting these out when I can. I want to create a rhythm and a culture to it where I could actually have like amazing guests and amazing conversations and topic points. The only reason I've really been on pause is because I'm learning how to do the video setup of it too and the audio and connect where I can have video that goes on YouTube afterwards and then audio that, that stays on these platforms. But, excuse me, uh, it is like day 50, I think one or day 52 of quarantine. And uh, I made a post today and I was like, let me know if you guys want a podcast where I talk more about mental health and my experience with this quarantine. And the second the quarantine started and everything was kind of rattled, I kind of ghosted social media and... I was like, whoa, this this threw off my whole equilibrium. So I kind of had to like go internal and just be like, this is okay. Well, this changes a lot of my plans. I had a, I had a lot of big plans. I was working on a lot of big projects. Um, one of the biggest projects, the, one of the most exciting projects for me of my entire life I was working on. And I kind of want to share it just because I just want to get it off my heart. I was so excited about it. I, I guess I keeping a secret. Sometimes I keep things secrets because okay so I'm just gonna kind of ramble I hope that's okay with you guys there's two stories that we that we have that I've learned there's one that says tell people your your dreams and your goals like share it with them 
so that they, you know, they, they get excited too. And then you hold accountable, which I totally agree with. And I believe, and I've preached before. And there's a second one where it says, don't tell anybody your dreams and goals because, and I read this, it was like a study once. It was a study or philosophy, but basically it was saying that if you, if you start to tell people your dreams and goals, it starts to become real and you start to get less motivated and less hustle on it. And so it becomes, it becomes less exciting, if that makes sense. And, and I guess like what I'm trying to say is when you keep your dreams to yourself and you're hustling and working on something in the back end, you're excited for the day you launch it instead of the three months building up to launch it. I, I hope that makes sense. But I'm saying, I think that made sense. I don't know if my brain makes sense, but basically it's saying like, hey, keep your dreams and your goals to yourself because it'll fuel the fire for you to achieve them. Or keep, share your dreams and goals because your people, your friends getting excited to you. It's different. I think every dream and goal is different and every circumstance is different and every. So sometimes I keep things to myself because I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of like, a you know, I like surprises. I like the culture of creating something that's really fun and exciting. But in reality, when we flew two people out here for Valentine's Day, like four weeks before Valentine's Day, I was so terrified to share this on Instagram because I was like, okay, don't share this on Instagram because now it's going to be out there and people are going to expect it from you. And I was like, but if I share it on Instagram, I won't be able to back out. And for me personally, I am someone who can back out because it's something's not perfect. And so when I share things, it helps me be accountable because when I shared that, I was so scared, but everyone was like, do it, launch a giveaway where people, you know, you fly people to LA and we did it and it was successful and amazing and so fun. Um, and then the second project we were working on was once again, we wanted to fly people to LA and <clears throat> I don't think she's listening, so I could probably say this, but Antoinette is my neighbor and she has been doing activism work with homeless ministry and prison ministry and just like giving, she has a food bank in her backyard. She's been giving, she's been serving people for 30 years, like 30 years of her life. She's been like running this nonprofit and, and serving people and, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's women's month in March. And so we were sitting there after the Valentine's Day thing, and we were so excited. We, like, flew people out. We gave roses to senior citizens. We had a party that raised money and awareness. It was so fun. And then I was like, all right, well, Women's, women's Month is March. Let's do a theme about a night of good women, and we're going to highlight women that are changing the world, making a difference um, at the, for the party. Then we're going to raise money for a charity that helps empower women or highlight or empower someone who's doing something that's a woman. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is very clogged. Um, not because I'm sick, but because I drink a smoothie and my throat is freezing right now. But uh, yes, yeah, so we were throwing, we we're going to throw a party of Night of Good Women and we we're going to highlight women. And then the dream and the goal was to give Antoinette a car. So her car has been broken down for like six months, maybe more. And she, and I have to help her with, I don't even have, I don't even have a car. I have to borrow my friend's cars to help her with errands and help her with rides and help her pick up stuff. And she's been like, Antoinette is my neighbor. She's like an OG from the hood of Venice. Like she's Bruce's um, godmother. Um, she met Bruce's mom in prison and Bruce's mom was part of her prison ministry. And then she started ministering to Bruce's mom. And then she had Bruce and she helped raise Bruce. It was crazy. Like this woman, Antoinette, has done 30 years of outreach that you could never in a million years calculate the impact. So we were like, well, let's highlight this woman. And then she's like my LA mom. Like she's like, she's my big mama. And then I was like, let's give her a freaking car, which I've always had a dream of giving someone a car. 
Um, and I've always been terrified because it's a big, it was like, you know, we're going to have to raise like 10 or 15 grand or find a car sponsor, which is even harder. We had like four weeks and we were building up to it and I was just praying about it. And I was like, all right, God, well, I don't know how we're going to raise 15 grand, but I believe we can do it. So anyway, our March event was supposed to be a night of good women. We were supposed to give Antoinette the keys to a brand new car or, you know, hopefully a new car. Um, and bless her. And that was like, I mean, I was, it was going to be like one of the pinnacles of my life. <laughs> like I've done a lot of cool stuff and been super blessed to like raise money for a lot of amazing projects. The pinnacle of my life so far has been sending Devonte Swain, one of my old young life kids from the East side of Denver around the world for seven months on a study abroad program. We raised like $10,000 in a couple weeks. It was crazy. And that was like one of the funnest, most incredible, like that was, yeah, the pinnacle. And this was going to be number two or maybe even number one. I mean, giving Antoinette a car would be so, and she's so sweet. Like she, she probably, I don't even know how she would react. She would either be like, okay, well let's get to work. You know, she wouldn't even cry. She'd be, I don't really know. Or maybe she, I mean, she's funny. She's got an attitude. And so anyway, that was the, that was the thought for that one. And then earth day, earth month was April. So we were going to do a whole tree planting, beach cleanup, stuff like that. We still raised the money um, on earth day for a thousand trees, which was really exciting and cool. But let's get back to the nitty gritty, right? That's why we're all here. Emotions. Ooh, okay. Day 50 quarantine. Emotions. Um, every day, even within one day, you can have so many different emotions during this quarantine. I made an IGTV video about it. It's about how every human being is out of alignment, um, which, yes, you can still have internal like peace and joy and, and serenity. Um Hopefully not the whole time because as humans, we, we need to like feel different emotions. And I think sometimes we get caught up, you know, thinking like we're above emotions or above certain, you know, things. But the more human you are, the more you feel, the more you really like experience this human experience. Like the, like the reason I said that in my post today, the higher the highs, the lower the lows. Like you have two options. Like you can ride a pretty nice little wave of up and down emotions where it's like, oh, a little bit good. That's a good day. That's a little day. That's good. Or you can experience life to the fullest. Like the reason, and this is like one of my, I've never really shared this, but one of the reasons I'm so crazy joyful and love life so much is because I've had the lowest lows. Like, I mean, like horrific experiences with, I mean, not only depression or losing my dad, but also with nonprofits, like sitting in, Lebanon with Syrian refugees or sitting in northern Uganda with um with Sudan refugees and just like being like what like just pure and utter pain and disbelief that I have been blessed with this life that I get to leave my country which is crazy but then I also get to help people I mean I mean my, my yeah I've I've had the the worst I mean like the most realizations of human experience you can possibly fathom and so my lows are lows. Like I really go into my lows and I feel it and they hurt and they, and I, and they're, 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 they're not like, I mean, sometimes they're dark. Like, I mean, suicidal thoughts with depression is one of the same on some level. Like you just get in this weird head funk. I've talked about depression on this podcast before where it's a very outer body experience where depression for me is like, I'm having really lethargic body or brain fog or I just feel really sad or really depressed and I'm but my soul or my outer conscious can be like but dude you're so blessed like you've you have such an amazing life and you're so blessed with the work you do and who you are and you get to change people's lives and I'm and my other my depression goes yeah but this still sucks and so it's 
So depression for me is this outer body experience where you, you realize that you're blessed. So yeah, you're like, oh, dude, you have a loving mom and a loving sister. Like that's enough. And you're like, yeah, okay. But still, I'm going to feel what I need to feel because my body is trying to let me feel something. And this whole quarantine, the one topic I've been talking about a lot is sobering your soul, which I've talked about for years now, but the quarantine helped, you know, bring it back up to where I've never been a big fan of sports. I actually, I was a big fan of sports for a long time, but then like probably eight years ago, I just started seeing all the money in sports and I was like, okay, I don't want to spend my time knowing players stats and watching sports. So I left. And then I remember watching people be obsessed with sports, like the Denver Broncos or whatever team it was. And I think you watch it like for fun and, and enjoy a little bit, but there's people who are literally obsessed with fantasy football and with fantasy teams. And their whole passion is this fake game. This a game that their people are playing. And I don't want to be mean. I'm not judging people. I'm just saying this, it's reality. It's like people are putting money and energy and you can ask someone how their day was on a Monday. And they're like, I'm having such a shitty week because my team lost, you know, like that's real. So anyway, when sports canceled, and when the earth paused, there was no greater neon sign in your life that could be shining saying, hey, this is a time to get sober. This is time to really sober your soul. You can't, I mean, you can still get on social media and Netflix, and that's been obviously a huge thing for a lot of people and myself, but really what comes up when you are stripped from your identity? This is really cool. So the thing about our work and our identity, and this is something I talk about a lot too, and especially I'm going through personally. So my identity was built into helping people, which is like, well, that's a cool identity to have. Like you help people, but me helping people was still me bearing down who I really am. So I was keeping myself distracted and it was a good distraction because I was like, whoa, this feels good. I get to help people. This is like, this feels, this feels good. And yet I still was bearing down what I need to come to terms with. And that is sitting with God with my fears and my pain and my heartache and and my future and my truths. And am I really living in my truth? Like, do I really live in my truth? And some people do. If you do, that's freaking awesome. But I feel like LA, it's really hard. And then also having one foot in, one foot out of of different circles and different like, you know, for me, my church community has really built and, and my church and, and my faith means a lot to me. Um, but my biggest fear is to get sucked into a church community or faith that that I'm all I'm surrounded by is the same people, the same beliefs. That's like one of the scariest things that people go that I see people go through is like your all your friends have the same spiritual belief as you, the same walk as you and same color skin as you and same beliefs as you. And I'm like, that is that's a scary place to be because then you just coast. I mean, somewhat on the rest of your life, you're just coasting with the same group of people. You're not challenging yourself, challenging your belief, challenging your faith, challenging your heart, challenging your story. And so I, I love surrounding myself with diversity. I love surrounding myself with challenges. I've always been like, God, why do you have me in LA? Why do you have me, you know, in, in these situations? And, and he's just like, because like, that's where I want you to be challenged. I, I don't want you just living in Denver, in this small community of you leading these high school kids through young life. He's like, I loved it for that season, but he's like, you got to push your ceiling, always push your ceiling. He's like, he's always trying, I've always tried to settle. And this is funny. This is something I never told anyone either. I don't know who's listening, but I'm, so I'm always trying to push my ceiling and I'm 31 years old and I have done every imaginable goal and dream I could ever have dreamt of. I've helped, I've been so blessed to help thousands of high school kids, thousands of young adults, college students, built schools and hospitals around the world and all this stuff that's very purposeful. And yet I'm not satisfied. 
And I'm like, I haven't even started yet. I want to do more. I want to help more people. And I'm like, all right, God, what's next? And so I started last year, I started this online mastermind program where that was insane and incredible. I'm going to launch another one of those here hopefully soon. But I'm sitting with God. I'm like, all right, where's the next ceiling? And so I'm leaning into writing a book. And this has been something that's been on like the radar for years now, a long time. It's probably one of my biggest fears, but also probably one of my greatest excitements. In writing a book, a couple of feelings come up when you hear someone that's going to write a book. You're like, who are you to write a book? Or what's it about? And all this stuff. And when someone tells me they're writing a book, I get stoked. I'm like, hell yeah. I truly believe everyone should write a book and can write a book. No matter how small you think your story is, it is a story between you and God, between you and yourself, that, that is a book. It is a book. It does not need to be a Brene Brown, best time, New York best time selling book. My book I'm writing is between me and God. It is the same reason I started the podcast and the IGT videos. I'm sharing stuff, which is cool. But you have to remember that I'm doing this so I can understand my experience with God and my experience with this life and my story that I'm telling myself more than me trying to prove myself to you. And so this book is going to be very vulnerable. And I want to start this book with like, hey, I, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I have ADHD. Like I've, like, I've like dropped out of college. Like I'm not the smartest dude in the world. You're holding this book. You paid for it. And you probably have this expectation like this better inspire me or change my life. And it could and it might. But I'm really going to be like, yo, this book is for me and God's relationship because I've been on an experiment with God. And this is, I don't want to, I'm, I'm just going to give some of the book away because I really don't know who's listening. But I kind of want to talk about my relationship with God for the last 12 years um, of what I've got to do and, and ups and downs and everything. And I'm trying to somewhat in this book prove God's not real. And I, and I know if that, I don't know if that sounds crazy, but I'm just like, man, I feel like I've been on this radical roller coaster where I've studied other religions and beliefs. I've traveled the world, 70 countries, all these different things. And I'm like, all right, God, I cannot wait to go do my own life and like find my wife and make my money, have my kids and do like the normal life. And I'm like, all you, all I have to do is let you fail me. And I been trying to like fail sometimes like I've literally tried to fail at some of my greatest goals and dreams and God has not let me fail like there's been times where I'm like all right well I don't have rent money this month and uh looks like if I fail then you know I fail and I'll go, I'll go do life my own way I'll go I'll go get the job that pays well and do my life what I want to do and the next thing you know the next day I'll get the money from someone somehow for rent and I'm like dang it <laughs> all right well I'll stay on course and it's been like that literally for 12 years where like, I'm like, and it is fun, but it is hard. And I was reading my journals. I have journal entries from eight and nine years ago and five years ago and six years ago. And I was reading them and all of them kind of start like, wow, God, this, I'm so blessed right now. Thank you so much. But man, what a tough season I'm in. This is really like, this is hard. I just trust you in it. <clears throat> I can't wait till what you teach me in it. But oh my gosh, this is a hard season. And I realized that my life for 12 years has been a constant struggle in the most beautiful, creative, like innovative way ever. Like it, I don't know, like I could never in a million years, um, like return any of my, tw these 12 years of what I've got to done, like what I got to do. And like all of it's been a challenge. Like every journal entry I was reading through, like this last couple of weeks was like tough seasons. And I was like, damn, I ever been in a good season. <laughs> and <clears throat> I'm sure I have. And maybe I just didn't, I mean, journal, I don't know, but I'm just thinking like, man, I'm always in a tough season and I love being in that friction. Those tough seasons mean that you are growing fruit and you are challenging your faith and you are living in faith. 
And not that if you're having a good season, you should question yourself, but I think journaling is so important. Processing is so important. And really being like, what does my attention always go towards? Like, what do I really, what am I always thinking about? What do I wake up thinking about? What do I go to bed thinking about? And for me, for 12 years, I wake up and go to bed thinking about how do I help more people? And that was it. I, I don't know if it was through making videos that inspire people. I don't know if it was going across the world to help people that need help or helping high school kids in my backyard. I just was always like, that's my compass. How do I help more people? Because I've been so lonely and needed so much help before. That's why all my mission is high school kids and college students and people who feel like they don't fit in. Community building. That's like what I do is I build community. And so I've done that globally. I've done that locally. And it's been really fun. Um, but anyway, I feel like, okay, we're 20 minutes in. I hope you, I hope some of this has been good for you guys. But basically, <clears throat> your dark days. So when I hear people that they're having, oh, man, I had a bad day today. I had a good day today. I always ask people, hey, was today a good day or a bad day? And they're like, oh, today was a bad day. Today was a good day. And what I try to encourage people to do is see how many bad days you have in a row and see how many good days you have in a row and start to really document it. Cause I remember one time I had five or six good days in a row and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. This, this is my sixth good day in a row. Like what's up? This is crazy. This, and, and trust me, this wave's going to end. I'm going to have a bad day, maybe a couple coming up soon, but damn, this feels good right now. And that isn't a pessimistic way of thinking. People are like, don't expect a bad day to happen. Then it's just going to happen. No, 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 no. It's gonna happen. Chemically, our bodies aren't kept to maintain the endorphins and the dopamine and all that stuff to have that many good days in a row. Um, culturally, they're not supposed to have that many good days in a row. Like we go through stuff. And if you can figure out how many good days you had in a row, how many bad days you had in a row, what you're eating, like how to really, really conscious about it, that's for me, like a bad day isn't a failure. It's just like, damn, it's a bad day. I can't wait to get to bed tonight and just sleep this one off. And I, and I sometimes still try to function and I sometimes very rarely try to incorporate people. I was having a bad day these last couple days and yesterday was an okay day. And then finally a couple of my friends came over and then we're like, all right, let's go get dinner. You know, let's go skateboard to get dinner and roller skate. And I was like, oh gosh, I don't really want to do this, but I probably shouldn't. I did and it ended up being really fun and a good time. So as an introvert, it is hard sometimes to incorporate people into your day, especially when it's a bad day because you can't show up and function. Um, hopefully you have friends that allow you to like, you know, be in your bad days and your slumps. Um, but basically if you can document how many good days, how many bad days, if you have seven bad days in a row, really start to, you know, kind of figure out what that looks like and seek and help. But, and really like what, when you have good days, what did you eat? How much did you sleep? What were you doing? What were you thinking about? And, and just really trying to document this because, um, it is tough. It is so hard. And, and don't ever believe someone who figured out you know, figures out they have all the answers or has all these good days in a row. Don't ever, don't believe those people. It's not real. Um, it's not sustainable and it's not relatable. And, um, I just want you guys to know that, you know, this, this quarantine has been tough, like financially on people, spiritually on people, um, mentally on people and, um, physically on people. We've been eating a lot, maybe not working out as much. I'm one of those people. Um, but write down, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, those four pillars, I've talked about this before, but basically those four pillars and, and write down underneath each word, like just like little things of how you are, how you are spiritually right now, how you are emotionally, how you are mentally and how you are physically. And, um, and just start to process this, like really start to process your heart and what you're going through and what you're feeling. And, and the, what I talk about sobering your soul and, you know, 
journaling is so important because we clear the foggy brain. We all have foggy brains. We all have a million ideas and we have kind of like fears and then we get the news and the media and then we get social media and then we get our family and then we get friends asking questions and it's like, oh my God, our brain is so cloudy and foggy. So journaling helps get rid of the foggy brain, the cloudy brain, and then the worried heart because a foggy brain creates a worried heart and a worried heart creates a foggy brain. But as you journal and as you meditate and pray, um, I have a Spotify playlist that I made. I hope that you can journal and just process like, okay, this is what's going on in my head right now. These are the thoughts I'm thinking. These are the fears I have. And this is the worry that's going on in my heart. This is what I think. This is what I think. And surrendering and abandoning those things and just knowing like everyone's having their good days and bad days. I mean, I'm surrounded in LA with all these innovative, creative people. And even my creative friends like have their bad days, but then like, I'm not looking at them when they have their bad days. Like I, at all times I have friends that are creating, you know, really inspiring dope content. That's awesome. And hustling. And this quarantine, I'm like, Oh God, should I be hustling? Or should I just be resting? Like, and just feel your body out. Like really just feel your body. Like let your body like, okay, I've rested four days in a row. I should be able to get up and create something or feel something. And if you need five days, in a row, I mean, just, you really got everyone's different. So I don't ever try to diagnose people. Like this is what you need. This is what you need. Obviously, you know, exercise and journaling and, community has really been tough for a lot of people my heart breaks for people who don't have roommates or community right now and I just want to say something to PSA this probably goes against everything what people are preaching if you've been quarantined for 30 days which you most likely have and your friends have been quarantined for 30 days which they most likely have you guys can hang out I'm gonna say it freaking all everyone can come on hate me and DM me or message me they don't like that I had three friends call me last week crying because they live by, by themselves and they feel so isolated and lonely and their mental health was tanking in the same day, or like the same day. And I was like, all right, well, come over to Jess and Maddie's house. We're going to have dinner. We're going to watch something together and we're going to hang out. And of course, in the cultural norm of like, no, no, we need social distancing. We need this is this. Use your discernment use your logic and be like, okay, these three people have been quarantined with like one or two people or by themselves for 30 days. It's okay. First of all, their mental health will always be more important than the fear of this virus. And yes, this virus is dangerous, but it is also very, it is 80% fear, 20% danger. And it's even getting smaller now because we're figuring out more about it. But if they're quarantined and you're quarantined, I'm just going to open up the floodgates of use your discernment, use your logic and be like, Hey, we can hang out. We can spend time together. 50 days is plenty. Um, and DM me if you have a problem with that, cause I will give you a hug. I love you. Um, so we've been slowly incorporating people into our circle and that is not socially responsible. That is just discernment. It's just logic. It's just going, okay, this makes sense. And mental health will always trump physical health of fear because mental health is real and depression and suicide is very real. And I, if my friends are going through it, I will happily catch that virus knowing I'm not seeing older people, knowing I'm not going out. I'm social distancing myself from everyone else. I will happily catch that virus if it means helping my friend with their mental health. I'm sorry if that offended any of you. I, um, I want to wrap this up. It's at 27 minutes. I, I don't know if any of this connected because I just literally pushed record from my Instagram post today and said, I was going to record a podcast on mental health. I hope some of this resonated. I hope you got something. I just really wish. Um, yeah, I, I really hope that you can just be transparent and honest with how you're feeling to yourself and to your friends and family. And then also not having, I mean, I think the worst question right now that we're getting asked in quarantine is, hey, how are you holding up? Because there is no 
easy answer to that. There are good days and bad days. There are good moments and bad moments through one day. And so let feel, don't force yourself to exp express how you're feeling. Feel it out and just slowly navigate verbally out loud. Maybe sometimes helps or in a journal. Um, but the less time on social media, obviously the healthier you're going to be. The less time comparing yourself, which is social media, the healthier you're going to be. The more time you can really um, just sit with music, sit with meditation, sit with God, sit with your journal. And um, yeah. It's been tough. I've had low days and uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. And thankfully, I have good friends and, um, you know, just like, I don't know, a little bit of stabil stability in my heart, just with my faith and knowing that I'm not afraid of anything um, on some level. Like, I'm not really, I've, I've been through, I've been through hell. <laughs> I've been through the depths of life. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yo, there's nothing that can, that can stop me now. And so, um, and I don't mean to say that like an egotistical, like I'm not afraid of anything or this isn't this. Like, yeah, there are somewhat, I mean, fear and danger are two different things. Um, but, you know, understanding that we're not all in the same boat. I think when you say, hey, we're all in the same boat, we're all in this, you know, pandemic together. We're, we're in different boats, but we're all in the same storm. The pandemic is a storm and we're all in different boats. Some of us literally don't know how to pay rent. Some of us literally don't know how to feed our family or ourselves. So as I close this podcast, the whole theme is pursuing purpose. Find ways. I know with fear comes focus on ourself. With fear, the, the, the mission of fear is to f you you focus only on yourself, your, your livelihood, your survivalhood, and, and that for some of us, that's what we need to do. But I, I hope you can elevate beyond that fear and be like, okay, I acknowledge that fear. I don't know how I'm paying rent. I don't know how I'm feeding myself, but I'm going to find out how to bless someone else. And I don't know if that's the smartest decision, but love is not logical. And love is oxygen for the soul. And although your rent needs to be paid and your stomach needs to be full, your soul will get a breath of fresh air as it serves or loves or blesses someone um, whether you're, you're just sending Venmoing a friend 10 bucks for dinner that night or just texting someone or calling someone to encourage and love them. Love is oxygen for the soul and, and it'll calm the storm. Love calms the storm. When you, when you realize that you're sent here to love people and the biggest friction we have in our life is all we want to do is serve and love people. If you get down to everyone's like mission in life, like, yeah, we want to create movies and art and we have passions and our passions or purpose are very different. Um, but we have passions where we want to do all this creative stuff. But our purpose um, is, is really to serve people and love people and bless people. And uh, your soul and your heart and your mind will find peace and rest as it's doing that in the storm. And so, uh, yeah, 30 minutes. We just reached 30 minutes. I, I love you guys. Thank you for checking out this Pursuing Purpose podcast. I have three episodes recorded, one with Matt, one with Ben and another one. Um, and I'm slowly going to start releasing these and, uh, and getting more involved in the podcast with topic points and everything. Um, but like I said, this was just a hangout 30 minute session. Um, I hope it's somewhat connected. I really, I, I get so insecure with these podcasts cause I'm like, I don't even know what I'm saying. 30 minutes of hanging out with me and my crazy little squirrel brain. I hope it made some sense to you. And I'm going to stop singing until I start singing again. All right, guys. Well, let me know what you thought of this. Um, send me a DM or rate this on iTunes. But, or you can just send me a DM and be like, hey, 
I didn't connect with it because this is and this, or I did connect with it because this is and this, because that just affirms me that I should either stop making these or continue to make these. Um, but this was a lot of rambling, a lot of ideas, and um, and I hope it was real. I hope I got to go there, like with my own struggles with depression and all that stuff, and hope it relates. Because I, like I said in my Instagram post today, like we're we're gonna be much more relatable in our darkness than our light, and. Um, there's this theme i'm gonna finish with this but basically shadow work is peter pan wasn't able to see the full version of himself until he was able to see his shadow and his shadow has life and your shadow has life and to see the light you need to see the shadow um, because they complement each other and your darkness and and the things that you keep in darkness um, and the things that you don't even know you keep in darkness your shadow um, is there and you need to build a relationship with it, a friendship with it. Remember in Peter Pan, he gets in fights with his shadow um, and then he loses his shadow. Well, I hope you can connect to your shadow and your darkness and your struggles. We talked about vices. Food can be a vice. Netflix can be a vice. Social media. Um, for men, a big one in this has been pornography has been a big vice, um, which has been really tough for a lot of people. And we, I went on Instagram Live with a guy and we talked about it and shared openly about it um, like two weeks ago. Um, and there's so much alcohol, drugs, obviously there's so many different vices that we're kind of like sometimes, um, struggling with in this. And so I hope, I hope we can just bring our shadows and our darkness more to light. And, um, the more light we bring our shadows and darkness, the more freedom and peace we have within our hearts and souls. Cause we're made to be fully seen light and darkness and befriend it. Don't ever fight your darkness. The, the scariest thing about a lot of these stories in life is we're, we're supposed to fight our darkness and um run from it but you're actually supposed to befriend it whatever dragon you have in your life or darkness befriend that dragon befriend it and be like hey i see you i feel you i hear you let's become friends and do this dance together and that's all i love you guys i hope that made sense you're all amazing